The Boilermakers made a move in the transfer portal, picking up guard Lance Jones from Southern Illinois. How will the former Saluki help the Boilermakers? And where will Purdue look for its last remaining scholarship? Brian Ubert is on Golden Black Radio. I'm Kyle Charters. Brian coming up, but first this. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Brian, let's jump in here and talk a little bit of uh, Lance Jones, Purdue's uh, grad transfer from Southern Illinois. Um, this all came about uh, a little bit sooner here in the the transfer portal timeline uh, for the Boilermakers. Does that mean that uh, Purdue got the guy that it wanted? It got one of the guys it wanted. I can't claim to know uh, if Lance Jones was number one or number one A, one B, or one C, or something like that. But he was certainly one of their first choices, yeah. uh, if not their first choice. Uh, I think, you know, uh, they needed a another point guard. I don't know if he's you know your pure point guard. He played off the ball more for SIU this year than he played on the ball. Yeah. But I think that, uh, you know, Purdue needed elements, too. Uh, just because you're not a point guard doesn't mean you can't handle the ball. You're not quick. You're not fast. And that's what Purdue needed more than anything. That They just needed elements. They needed, you know, somebody to handle the ball uh, in the full court. They needed somebody to provide some quickness, some speed in the open floor. You know, some of the stuff that, that, that David Jenkins, as good as he was for Purdue this year, as important as he was for their success, right? you know, uh, he was a bigger, slower sort of guard. And I think, you know, Purdue preferred to find a little bit of a more dynamic element uh, with the ball in his hands. And I, th- I think they did here. I also, I also think they found a potentially impactful defender here. I, you know, he's been uh, all MVC, all, all defense team two years in a row. He has every tool you'd want for an, an on the ball defender. And, uh, I watched a bunch of his games yesterday, and what was strange about it is he didn't guard on the ball very much because their other point guard uh, did. He was more of an off-the-ball defender, which I think gives him some versatility too. I think he's a guy that even though he's only 
you know, six one. I think he's a guy who can be on the ball, who can be off the ball, but but either way, I think he's a really good defensive player. And I think Purdue needs a defensive tone setter. And uh yeah. I think the combination of Braden Smith and him on the <clears throat> excuse me. The combination of him and Braden Smith on the ball can be really formidable. Yeah, I mean, it seems like um, you know, a a move that's made in some respects to try to um you know, solve some of the issues that Purdue has had against these style teams. Uh, and they have happened to be double-digit seeds in the NCAA tournament, get quicker uh, on the perimeter. And that, in combination with guys that become available or come to Purdue next year, it seems like Purdue is is edging toward that a little bit. Yeah, but it's kind of an, an across-the-court issue. I don't know if any one guy uh... – fixes it. I think Purdue is undergoing a little bit of an athletic makeover, which I think is a really positive thing. If Miles Colvin and Camden Heidi with their athleticism can really be, you know, competent defenders next year, their interchangeability, their athleticism, I think can be a step in the right direction there. But I think, you know, when Purdue's big at the five, they're big at the four, you know, stuff like that. It's really hard to you know, not have vulnerabilities and switches, you know, yeah. uh, in the backcourt, they have, uh, you know, obviously put a lot of emphasis on shooting. Didn't really pay off for them all that much uh, yeah. this year, but it should moving forward. But with that investment in shooting, you know, you, you've, you've taken some, some guys who are maybe not as quick a foot as, as, uh, would be ideal from a defensive perspective. I think Lance Jones is a guy who can who can sub in and give you uh, you know some quickness where you might need quickness, whether that's on the ball, whether that's off the off the ball, whatever it is. There's no downside to getting quicker as long as you're as long as you have functional players. There's no downside to it, to adding speed and quickness. Uh, and it's not like Lance Jones is like five eight or anything like that. He's I think he's a legit six one. I think he's stronger than his body uh, looks. Um, I can tell you that from firsthand observation watching those games yesterday because people switched him into into matchups with big guys oftentimes, and they they tried to back him down, and he did not give ground easily. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's some strength there that that will help him as as a defensive player, and I think this is a really good pickup for Purdue. Um, both from an offensive perspective and 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 a, a defensive perspective, people look at the three point shooting. Uh, understandably, uh, you don't want shooting non factors out there when you need to make shots. But he took two hundred and fifty threes this past year. You know how many Fletcher Lawyer took, and we <laughs> all know what Fletcher Lawyer's volume looked like. Yeah, this year he took one hundred eighty one. Wow, that that is enormous volume, and that that speaks to a player who through the course of time just had to do more for his team offensive yeah. and, you know, took it upon himself to, to shoot a lot of threes. I think, you know, he might've been better served last year concentrating on, on getting to the rim a little bit more than, you know, shooting that many threes, but I don't know what Southern Illinois circumstances were. I, I, I all I can speak to are the stats and what I saw on video last night. Purdue will not be asking him to shoot six threes a game. You know, no. Purdue will be asking him to shoot one or two a game, but also to get to the rim when when opportunities present themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he he's very capable of doing that because he will be Purdue's quickest and fastest offensive player from day one next season, barring them signing Russell Westbrook here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> See, that seems unlikely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no. Yeah, when I retweeted your tweet uh, about uh, Lance Jones, I had some people shouting at me that yeah, Purdue needs shooters. Uh, well, yes, they do. And, and I don't know that. You know, as you point out, I didn't see the 250 attempts. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot of threes. When you shoot it 250 times, you, you, I mean, that tells me that somewhere along the line, you have been a better shooter than in the 20%, uh, 20% range. Cause you don't take that many if you can't, if you at some point have not hit them in your career. Right. Right. Yeah. He was, he was, he was 28% uh, last year. Not that that's good, but, um, you know, as a sophomore, he was at 43%, I believe, which was on much lower volume. Yeah. Um, he can catch and shoot, and that that's Purdue's offense. That is, if, if, if Zach Eady comes back and you still have him as your inside-out weapon and everybody else out there is, you know, in a position where you can catch and shoot against a defense – kind of kind of on the move that's exactly what Purdue needs um and uh I would think that uh lower volume at Purdue and more situational shooting you know will probably bump his his efficiency up but you never know how guys are going to respond you never know how things change as context does and uh you know I, I I don't know what David Jenkins shot his year prior to Purdue at Utah uh I can't remember but you know, when, and I, I, it's not like he, you know, he was shooting a lot more threes before he got to Purdue. And yeah. obviously when he gets to Purdue, he, he plays a slightly smaller role care. Well, a much smaller role carries much less volume. And all of a sudden he's in the mid thirties and, you know, mid thirties is, is okay. I mean, if, if you're a 35% to 36% three point shooter, you're not part of the problem. Um, no. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see any reason based on the very little information I have to go on here. Uh, I don't see any reason why Lance Jones can't make that sort of jump from a percentage perspective, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a very different league defensively. Uh, not that that applies as much to three point shooting as it does to other things. He's tended to shoot a lot of really long threes, uh, which, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what to make of in that regard uh uh-huh. you do want to spread the floor so maybe that was just kind of his right that's perhaps where he was most comfortable trying to set up to beat people off the dribble when opportunities presented themselves but um i don't see why he can't he can't be a 30 to too high 30s sort of shooter um at purdue next season he he has the ability. He's shown it in his Southern Illinois career. He looks capable doing it. I don't know if he necessarily looks like a natural shooter, but he looks like a he looks like a capable shooter. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, we'll put it that way. More in a second on Golden Black Radio. 
Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. So Purdue will... Uh, Purdue has a, a, a another scholarship to give with with Brandon Newman's decision to transfer. Um, obviously, that will hinge where where Purdue goes largely on the decision that Zach Eady has to make. If you using the assumption that Zach Eady does return next season, um, because I think pretty obviously Purdue would use that scholarship on a big if he did go uh, turn professional. Where would it go with that scholarship, in your opinion? Uh, positionally at least if Zach Eady returns uh I don't I, I might be a best player available type of thing um yeah. you know I I don't know if there's another glaring need I mean you could always use more athleticism you could always need need um um you could always use more shooting I would go after you know a big time shooter I would go after I, I would go try to find a Cam Spencer or uh an Andrew Funk or you know, somebody like that, whether those guys grow on trees or not, I don't know, but that's what I would do if yeah. I were them. Uh, but I think that they are looking for just a really high impact guy. Uh, now, you know, fans who haven't gotten over the FDU game don't want to hear this, but Purdue's pretty locked into its guys here. They're going to keep investing in Braden Smith. They're going to keep investing in Fletcher Lawyer. They're going to keep investing in, you know, Caleb first and Trey Kaufman ran, they're going to keep it, keep investing in these guys that got them, you know, 29 wins and a runaway big 10 championship and just couldn't make threes. And, and it's, you know, one NCAA tournament game, but that's going to be Purdue's group. So I don't know, you know, if you go get a, if you go get a high impact guy, I don't know. First off, that's easier said than done. There are dudes out there getting paid just to make visits right now, and uh, <laughs> it, it's just it it's not a it's not yeah. an easy landscape as Purdue learned last season. Um, but I think you just you just go get the best player you can. I think you have to be careful of this, you know, about displacing someone, right. about having some about having some concerns in your locker room. I think Purdue's guys are all pretty solid. I. I, I I don't anticipate, you know, I wouldn't anticipate a whole lot of problems there, but you never know. Uh, that That's something every coach in the country has to manage right now uh, with the transfer landscape. But I think that if Purdue can go get a big-time athlete, if Purdue can go get a big-time big shooter, uh, a transformational offensive player, a transformational defensive player, um, you know, I think all options will be on the table. But that is easier said than done. Uh, so I don't want to get people's hopes up here and, make them think, you know, Purdue's going to go out and sign, uh, uh, you know, whoever the hell the biggest name on the market is right now. Uh, yeah. But uh, they're going to try to get somebody who can make them a better team. Uh, and uh, I, I I don't have names for you right now, but uh, I think that they will keep working on it. If, if Zach Eady does not come back, I think they'll sign a big. I don't know if they necessarily need to. Uh, you know, obviously, if Wilberg didn't have a didn't have a broken foot, you'd at least have one more big body in there. But I think if you lost Zach Eady, 
you know, Caleb first and Trey Kaufman runs time is now. Um, yeah. I, 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 my personal feeling is that, you know, it's, it's going to make a lot of sense for Zach Eady to come back. I think he wants to come back. I think it just has to make sense for him to come back. And right. uh, that's up for the NBA to decide. Um, but in the meantime, they're just going to keep working on, you know, really potentially impact guys. I would imagine now that we're, award season is over that the Zach Eady here at some point in the near future will announce that he will go through the, the NBA process. Would you anticipate that that happens here soon? Uh, yeah, but he didn't last year. You know, you get so much information uh, from the NBA without actually declaring for the NBA yeah. draft that um, you kind of know what you need to know. Now, you would really like to, you know, get to go work out for some people. You'd love to go to the combine, you know, stuff like that. I think that if Zach Eady gets to environments like that and they let him shoot jumpers, I think that's something that uh could help him because he can do that i've seen him do that in practice and i know the drills that nba people put put players through and i think a lot of those drills are things he would excel in but um uh i would anticipate him declaring uh, i don't know why he hasn't yet uh i don't think it matters uh, he's got plenty of time but the complication there is that if if he plays the whole thing out uh, you know he he's not coming back to purdue till june and, you know, you don't know what your roster looks like. That that would hamstring Purdue from a portal perspective, uh, you know, things like that. But I would anticipate him – I would anticipate him declaring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing to do uh, now and and uh, do it with the possibility of, of obviously coming back for another season. Uh, hey, Brian, thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.